0: Welcome to the Independent Herald Sports Minute, a podcast of the award-winning voice of Big South Fork Country, the Scott Highlanders, the Oneida Indians, interviews with players and coaches. This is a brief look at what's happening in local sports. And now, here's your host, Independent Herald publisher, Ben Garrett.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Independent Herald Sports Minute, episode four of this second season, and this is the last of our quote-unquote preseason episodes where we're interviewing our football and soccer coaches at Scott High and at Oneida. And last but certainly not least is going to be Oneida football coach Tony Lambert. His Indians are getting set to hit the road to Oliver Springs on Friday to open the 2020 season, and we had an opportunity to sit down with both him and his staff to talk about the season ahead. And as was the case with yesterday's episode with Scott High coach Josh Terry. Let me go ahead and apologize on the front end for the quality of the audio because this is in a locker room setting. So it's far less than idea, to say the least. But with that said, let's talk football with Onata coach Tony Lambert. Coach Lambert, talk about the, the coronavirus pandemic and the run up to this season and how that has impacted
0: your team or has impacted your team at all. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, anytime you, lo- you lose evaluation time, it doesn't matter if it's in school. It doesn't matter if it's in uh, football, athletics, uh, on the, in the business world, or whatever. To see really where your product is at that time, uh, it, it's a major, it's a major loss. I mean, it's uh, uh, you know, I don't think there's any better uh, evaluating tool than than being able to be. Uh, we call it in the, in the terms in coaching terms, seeing live bullets. With no scrimmages in the spring, no no fall scrimmages, uh, we really don't know. You know, at the end of the day, do we have anybody who's really going to run into somebody? And uh, you know, guy told me a long time ago. He said, find out who your hitters are, and don't make them prove it every day. And uh, you know, when you're when you're hitting your own team, you got to be very careful uh, because uh, the injury deal and all that kind of stuff. That's the thing I always love about spring scrimmages, and I've always loved about the fall scrimmages. That's why we've scrimmaged good people. Uh, our big five way that we go down Tennessee Tech and, and stuff like that has uh, always been really good to us because it was a day of heavy contact. And uh, to be honest with you, you know, I want to think we've been a very physical football team over the, my stead here. and. At this point, we don't know. I mean, we're still trying to find out. You know, the style of coaching's not changed. the the, the style of uh, philosophy's not changed. But you know, we don't know what we got yet. And our kids have worked extremely hard. But when you do a lot of things that you can't measure, your physicality, you get some false hope sometimes. And uh, so, I certainly, you know, to answer that. You know, I'd have to say that uh, you know I think that's still that's still the the question for a very inexperienced football
1: team. But I guess the one thing about it, uh, at least you know, everybody's in the same boat, and it's not just you guys that are facing this adversity.
0: Absolutely, everybody. That wasn't just strictly based on me. It was I mean I'm talking about football in general. You know, the teams that you play, they're dealing with the same thing we are. And uh, you know, I've done this long enough. I've got a Wide range of of coaching peers that I talk to a lot, uh, guys that I reach out to, and a lot of guys that reach out to me as well. uh, That you know, we've bounced a lot of ideas off each other going through this whole deal, and and, uh, you know the uncertainty. You know, you come to practice one day with just anticipation and wondering what the next day is going to bring, and uh, same thing. You know, now we're getting closer and closer. You know, I I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, first time I asked my wife out, I was really nervous about it, to be honest with you, Uh, you know. And, uh, but finally when you do, you know, and they say yes, it's kind of like getting ready for this game. You know, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, But at the end of the day, if we can make it to August 21st, you know, we're going to get to do what we really enjoy and I know our kids are certainly looking forward to that.
1: Now, because you didn't get those preseason scrimmages in the, in the, in the fall camp and spring, is this first game going to be more like a scrimmage for your team than, than like a first game?
0: Well, unfortunately, it's going to count. It's going to be somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. And, uh, but I know Coach Green and his staff are in the same boat. They're working their tails off, too. And everybody's just trying to really figure out who you are, uh, you know, every team tries to search its own identity you know i felt like last year was one of the most physical teams we've had in a long time played an outstanding schedule you know um, the good news and the bad news who are still playing an outstanding schedule the bad news is we're playing that outstanding schedule and uh, you know so it's it, you, you we talk about tell our guys you know I tell them all the time, I'm glad to be their coach, and we're going to race for pinks. When you race for pinks back in the old days, uh, you had to run what you brung, and the winner takes all. And, uh, you know, kindly, that's kind of how we look at it. Uh, you know, this is my team. I love my team, proud of my team. Uh, what we uh just their, their summer work ethic that they've had. We didn't have to beg most of the kids to come. Some of them we had to stay on, but for the majority, I'm telling you, the kids wanted to do something. And uh, now, you know, they've done this so long, I think really they do want to They want to see another color jersey over there across from them. And, you know, I think they're excited about that opportunity. But I think in saying that, I think that goes for every football playing school in Tennessee. As far as that goes, every high school kid that's wanting to play high school football.
1: How have your kids handled all of the, uh, you know, the, un- the uncertainty, the adversity that's been presented by this coronavirus?
0: I think, I, you know, I, I'm very resilient. Uh, they've, they've really done everything we've asked them to do. The problem that they've had is there's been so much information thrown at them in the last couple weeks. Uh, actually, since we were able to put the pads on, there's so much been thrown at them that they're, they're overloaded. And we've got to find out, you know, schematically, both sides of the ball. We're going to have to make it very vanilla. We've thrown a lot at them. Now we're going to have to go back and find out what we think we can do and what we can carry into the game and try to execute. I mean, you've got to realize that's, that's not only offense and defense, but it's special teams. And the biggest loss that we've had, in my opinion, is, is our special teams experience, not necessarily the kicker. I'm sorry, the punter, uh, not necessarily the punter, because we got, you know, obviously one of the top rated punters in the state and the nation. And, uh, you know, got a new kicker. Got to figure out who's going to be the kickoff man, you know. Um, got to figure out who your return specialist are. We got one of those back. The other one's going to end up being an inexperienced kid. Um, snappers. Got one snapper back, but we're one play from being inexperienced at that. So the special teams, to me, uh, the cover guys and everything included, has been probably the one thing that I'm really afraid of. I made a very valid point, I think, in those kids. I've never won a game. I've ever had a pump blocked in, and. Probably two of those have been in the playoffs. One of them when I was the coach at Scott against Stone Memorial changed our playoff implication, we still made it, we had to go to Greenville. But we got a pump block late in the game. My days at Anderson County, when we had a pump block, it don't, I don't believe we won a ball game. Now, you gotta realize that's about five in, a, in about Twenty-something to thirty years of coaching, and it's it's frustrating when you go out here and try to work. And I think I, I don't I don't think we're mature enough yet that we've understood the sense of urgency. But I think that will come with in the games. And sometimes, you know, you gotta you you. I got no saying if the if it don't change you, the wound wasn't deep enough. And so I've got guys that I've challenged that have had special teams blunders in the past that I think once they really got wounded and realized what happened, it made them dig a little deeper and and appreciate the value of of trying to work. And that's, to me, that's the third of the game that we we try to excel at that some people forsake is the special teams.
1: I imagine with all the experience that you got, the starters that you lost on both sides of the football, you guys are working extra hard right now to try to figure out who's going to go where.
0: There ain't no doubt. I told our team today, every position on our team is open. I said, I think I said, except Colby, and he is going to punt. C.J. King asked me out of practice. He said, Coach, I am going to start on that defensive line, ain't I? And all six five, 371 pounds of him said I, I looked at him and I said yeah and I'd like to say this you know uh, our kids have had an awesome attitude I, I, I do want, their attitudes have been great and I've cut them hard I'll be honest I've cut them hard because you know we're in such a tough that we're in such a tough time and we've heard them old coaching cliches Tough times don't last, but tough people do, and and all those things. But I think there's a reality to it. We talked about facing adversity. Uh, I'm reading a book by James Merritt, it's called Character Still Counts. I'm trying to use it some when I speak to my team. He talks about the lion in the jungle. You know, everybody's intimidated by the lion. You know, we got this coronavirus, everybody's intimidated by the coronavirus. you know and obviously for good reason but the problem is we can't run from our fears in my opinion we got to face it just like in the jungle the lion makes this big roar and all the prey run and go the other way the only problem is the lionesses are all sitting back there waiting for them to all run into them for lunch and so they all they really needed to do was face their fears and they had one obstacle at that time and I know We've got so many things in our society now that I'm worried about our kids having to face that are killing our kids, that are causing our kids to be depressed, that are causing all kinds of problems for our teenagers. Right down the line, I mean, I could get, I don't want to get political, I don't want to get anything. I'm just telling you, we got a lot of things that they got to face, to me, that we need to attack and meet head on. And I think we need to use wisdom. I think we need to have great insight at everything we do. But I'm very appreciative of the fact of the resiliency of our kids, because I I do believe that. I think they've faced this adversity head on. They've came to work, and I appreciate that. And I think our parents have done the same. They've been faithful about having our
1: kids here. All right, switching gears a little bit within the within the region. I know Meigs County lost a lot, uh, but I also know that they've got a lot back. Oh, they got a so lot back. is it going to be a case of everybody's chasing them, or do you or Rockwood or someone else have what it takes to, to catch them this year?
0: Well, I mean, here's the deal: to be the man, you got to beat the man. There ain't nobody, they ain't nobody got. You know, we hadn't beaten them in four trips, so I'm sorry, five. We played them twice last year. Now we've played him tough a couple times, but at the end of the day, you know, Aaron Swafford. I told him, I told him, I said, son, I said, I've enjoyed from afar watching you. Not so much up close, but I really have. I appreciate the player that Aaron Swafford has been, and just what a fierce competitor he's been. And you know, we got a good relationship with those coaches and and and, and everything. You know, our district's got some outstanding, not only outstanding coaches, they got some outstanding men uh, in this district.
1: Speaking of those men, one of your your really good friends, John Webb down at Rockwood, what's he got this year?
0: Absolutely. John Webb, has got, you know, except for Nate Brackett, he's got them all back. All these skilled people are back. Um, you know, he's loaded in the backfield. Obviously, they're always big up front. Um, you know, I, you know, listening, listening to uh, them. I know they. Both of those coaches feel very comfortable and very confident about their teams.
1: And. Uh, and last year, up at Cumberland Gap, you found yourself in an absolute dogfight in the fourth quarter against a team that really wasn't expected to compete with you. So there's no sleepers in this.
0: Absolutely, Deline Klein's teams play us as hard as anybody we play. I mean, well coached. You know. So, you know what you're going to get from Cumberland Gap? Uh, Warburg, always athletic. Uh, they lost their quarterback early in the game. Things could have been completely different at that point in time. He, I think they lost their quarterback in the first or second series of the ball game. And uh, you know he was one of their top players. He's back, you know. And let me say this. It doesn't matter where you're at in our region. It doesn't matter if you go to Oneida, It doesn't matter if you go to Scott County. All of our kids are a lot of the same. They're all similar. You know, most of the coaches are very similar. You may have some that throw it more and some that run it more or whatever. But the thing I appreciate about high school football right now is I don't know too many people, matter of fact, I really couldn't name one, that really ain't trying to just develop young men. Uh, in a time when it might be one of the few places that they get the truth, other than the church house. And uh, you know, we still ain't watered football down like we have some other things. And I'm, I'm, except for maybe a classification standpoint. You know, when you're in a sixth class football uh, state, when you all to be five, um, it's hard to get a schedule you got to find six non-region games it's difficult and uh, so you know but we like to play great people and we have i think you know i don't want to leave this out because somebody done the work billy barnhart told me at the end of the year last year he said coach i'm gonna share something with you and uh, coach barnhart did a great job for us he's in smith county now and he's a good friend of ours he uh He told me, he said, Coach, I don't get on Coach T, I don't get on all that stuff. And he said, Coach, we had the toughest schedule in 2A football of all 2A schools. And he said, we had the ninth toughest of the 300-something football playing schools in the state of Tennessee. 13 games we played last year, and 12 of them were in the playoffs. And uh, the teams that were in the playoffs, And that said a lot about last year's bunch. And it says a lot about, you know, our kids in general. We're going to play the same schedule. You know, unless we get the game suspended, we're going to take on the best. We're going to play the best. And, uh, you know, try to play schools, you know, that that, –
1: I asked you one point last year, I said, who is the idiot that made this schedule? And you told me, you said, I look at him in the mirror every morning when I wake up. This year you've got the luxury of facing that same schedule again, but you lost a lot of kids. Do you lose sleep when you think about the possibility of, of facing a schedule like well, this? Here, here's the
0: deal. I'm 53-year-old. I lose sleep over a lot of things right now. So i got a lot of aches and pains and all that stuff. But I'll say this. Uh, all I can do is take them one game at a time, and uh, you know, hey, they can't eat you. That's usually what I tell our guys. They can't eat you. We're too tough. They spit us out anyway. And uh, so, at the end of the day, on a serious note, yeah, you know, anytime, you know, the thing is, is you got to be able to, you got to be able to hold up physically. You got to be able to hold up mentally. You can't. Get two up and two down when you lose this game or this game. All you can really do is kind of like SEC. Them guys got to tee them up and uh, and strap them up every week. You know, maybe more so this year than ever. And you know, you can't hide. That's what I've told her guys. You're not going to be able to hide. Everybody we play is going to come get you. I know this. I know that. That uh, you know. I see Coach Wright walking in here and. Uh, sitting here around these coaches one thing they've always that i told coach Wright when when we took this thing back in 2007 and he came on board with me he was operating the crystals at that time i said there's one thing's important that we do this thing the right way and uh you know i like to brag on my staff a little bit I've, i've got the best coaching staff in the state of tennessee in my opinion from the simple fact of this, they're loyal, they're faithful to this community, these kids. Everybody ain't played here. So it ain't always just had to be about, you know, well, they're from here. We've got guys that have played here. We've got guys that had not We've got guys that have been head coaches. We've got guys that have coached other sports. But the biggest thing I look for in my coaching staff is two things. Number one, love my kids. I don't care what kind of football you know, love my kids. And the second thing is we all got to be pulling and pushing in the same direction. And to add on top of that, these guys are good football coaches. These guys got a lot of juice and they work. Man, Coach Wright, he don't ever wear out. I mean, he's relentless. Coach May has been loaded down with so much paperwork being the athletic director. And he's kind of our administrative guy on our staff. Him and Coach West uh, just, just attention, you know, Coach May's got so much paperwork, guys, it's unreal. We've had to run basically a medical center here before we've ever got him out. And I told somebody I had carpal tunnel developed from sanitizing so much this year. I've squeezed so many spray bottles and it's wore me out. I mean, I'll be honest with you. But I know this, seeing those kids smile when you say we're going to have a season. It's like college football. I had a class today, I got a, I'm teaching a class that Coach Harper gave me. It's kind of an activity course, sociology of football and culture. And uh, we were just talking about so many things. That football is tied into with our with our culture, you know. I seem like everything you hear sometimes about football is a negative. We don't get to hear the positives, of it. and uh, it, it sure seems like football is the only real sport that's under attack heavily right now. Even before the coronavirus, uh, this just dumped icing on the cake with it. But we know it's a revenue sport. Uh, you know, I can't imagine football in the South without Friday night and Saturday football. And uh, we're just hoping and praying that we, uh, our kids, get to taste some of that. We certainly don't want anybody uh, to get sick. We don't want anybody to get uh, hurt. We don't want anybody to get all those negative things. Uh, but unfortunately, in life. Those things happen. And uh, I go back and look at the picture that I pull out on my phone as I'll show you right now that kind of works and operates as a reminder of me that tough times don't last, but tough people do. It's when you look in 19 and 18 and they're sitting in them bleachers and they got that mask on and they not much social distancing going on right there at a football game. And, uh, you know, I look at that sometimes and I think, hey, we got to go for it. We got to face our adversity head on. And, uh, you know, we're going to do it as long as they'll let us do it. When, when our leaders feel uncomfortable, they'll make wise decisions and they'll get that information to us. Um, and we, other than that, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to charge them up.
1: All right, there you go, Oneida football coach Tony Lambert as his Indians get set to go on the road Friday night to Oliver Springs to get this 2020 football season started. And, man, it's great to finally have sports back, isn't it? The Oneida Lady Indians soccer team picked up a huge win on Monday. The Scott Lady Highlanders picked up a big win last night. The Lady Highlanders will be in action again tomorrow night over at Livingston. And then on Friday night, that's when it gets real. Scott High will be at Cumberland County. Oneida will be at Oliver Springs. And, of course, you can catch both of those games on WBNT if you're not able to make the trip in person. And then in next week's Independent Herald, you'll find all the stats, the photos, the highlights, and more. Be sure to pick up a copy on Tuesday afternoon. That's it for this edition of the Independent Herald Sports Minute. We've done it a lot this week. Next week we'll get more onto a routine schedule, just a brief look at what's happening, recapping the games, taking a look at the games ahead, and that sort of thing. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. Be sure to support our teams if you possibly can.